Hi there and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience and dealing with the challenges and complexity of life in the 21st century. I'm your host Beth and Vincent and in each episode we take a deep dive into different aspects of resilience, whether that's physical resilience, emotional, mental, the resilience of people, places and systems. Now this week I've been chatting to Charlie Rogers who's a final year student at Loughborough University. Now Charlie has two angles on resilience I feel. He's both a student entrepreneur and we get to that and what he's building and his experiences of being 21 and trying to build a business and he's also a long distance runner as well. So it's really kind of that meld between can physical resilience impact our mental resilience, other things we can learn from doing things like competitive sport and we can take it into our lives, our work and our businesses. And it's just really great to get a perspective from someone who um, is kind of at the start of their career but already doing really exciting things. So I'll take it away and we'll get right into the interview. Um, So hi, uh, I'm Charlie. I'm a 21-year-old student entrepreneur from Loughborough University. I took the last year out of university to pursue my own business and build it from there. Uh, and I also do a lot of running in my spare time, which has helped to kind of form who I am and develop my passion for business alongside. And recently, I've just completed a optical course marathon, um, which is literally 42k up and down over obstacles. So that has been quite a nice challenge this summer, like getting back into running, not taking it too competitively, but just really enjoying the process and getting quite a different achievement at the end. So rather than chasing a time, chasing an outcome, which is really nice. What kind of obstacles are there? I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> There's um, a lot of different ones. There's a sort of, uh, there are quite similar ones you maybe you might see at, say, an army um, camp <laughs> where you kind of do the monkey bars across. Um, there's also ones where you can climb to the top of a big uh, structure and then literally jump off and slide down and into the water. Um, and then there's ones where you'll probably jump on a sort of rope swing um, and then try and touch the bell as you get across. Um, so each time you don't have to do them. But if you don't, then part of what we signed up for was we do 10 burpees if we failed them. Oh, God, it gets worse. <laughs> what, what was the yeah. hardest part for you out of all of that? Um. Well, I guess if you go into it with the mindset that you've done the hard work before, uh, the training and the uh, the gym work, then the actual day you can just kind of enjoy. Uh, but in terms of actual like lifting, uh, <laughs> myself, I probably don't have the, the best build for optical course marathons yet. It's better than it used to be from training in the summer. Um, but on some of them where it's a bit more ridiculous, so it's like a monkey bars, but instead of it being bars, you have to rotate something with your hand. I was like, okay, yeah, I basically can't do this. <laughs> so I was like, I'll take the burpees and I'll get on with it. Um, but it was good fun. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling tired just listening to you. Oh. <laughs> so it's really interesting, this kind of um, love for fitness, this passion for that running, and also kind of the passion for business. So which kind of came first? I guess I'm doing the whole chicken and egg question. Did you start off with fitness and that kind of led to business or did they flow together? Uh, I would definitely say that um, the measurement and the personality came from the running. And I can link that back to uh, when I was in year 10, year 11, and I started taking up running quite casually. Um, I joined my school's running club 
and was the worst one there. And I was like, oh, you know what? Uh, I'll I'll see what I can do. I'll just go along and kind of improve. And then over time, um, you start going to more sessions. You start kind of improving a little bit. And then the big memory that stands out for me was when my coach was like, hey, you know what? Why don't you go and do that first race? And I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'll try it. I uh, tried it and loved it. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I like the competitive nature. I like being able to see progress and being able to demonstrate change in myself. So as I kept at it, kept improving, I could see myself becoming better. And that was really motivating to me that then helped kind of form how I approached my studies and then how I approach my business in the future. Because there's that bit with running where it's it's horrible at the beginning and it does take you, there's quite a lot of lead time between starting and getting anywhere with it. That's what I've found personally and speaking to other people, they found the same. And I think a lot of people kind of give up in that little first bit just because it's so difficult. So what kind of kept you going if you were kind of the worst person? I mean, I was that person at school as well. Um, mm. What kind of pushed you through that? Oh my God, I can't do this. I think just doing it for fun to enjoy it. Like when you first start out, don't set yourself too high expectations. Like go out, find a group of friends and just start. Like that's always the hardest part is kind of committing to doing something rather than nothing. Yeah. And then once you're doing something, you can change what that something is and make it more and more complex. So it becomes a training program, and becomes goal orientated and everything else. But the hardest part is starting. And that's what I needed to begin with. And have you ever had any breaks from it at all? Uh, so in terms of like full complete uh, off seasons, people tend to, and myself included, have at least two to four weeks off like training completely uh, mm. throughout the year. Um, so I'm about to do that right this next few weeks after this obstacle course marathon. Um, yeah. This is a good time to do it. <laughs> um, but in terms of like extended breaks, um, not really. I either had it so I've been doing it less, but for enjoyment and like casually or I've been doing it uh, more intensely uh, for training and races cool and what's the furthest you've ever run out of interest uh so actually the obstacle course marathon was the furthest I've ever run it was the first run a lot of people like to ask that question about like distance Um, yeah uh, but actually when you're in the context of it a lot of it's more about uh, the number of runs you're doing and say if I'm targeting a 5 and 10k I wouldn't go out and run a 25k or 30k Sunday run. It would be more about the weekly mileage I was doing. So I was averaging 100k a week for 16 weeks. So that probably gives you a bit of perspective. <laughs> wow. And do you think there is then too much of a fixation on distance? Um, from probably non-runners, there can be. Yeah, everyone likes to ask you what's their yeah. time, but I think that's totally fine. I mean. If that's a gateway into fitness, a gateway into sport, then, yeah, I'm more than happy to answer that and offer different alternatives. But I think instead of picturing the only thing in running to be a marathon, people should also realize that a 5K goal is actually awesome as well. Park runs, super cool. Yeah. Uh, like 10Ks, half marathons, like build it up before you go for a big, uh, the big 26.2 miles. Like you need to get yourself fit and your body ready for the actual big day. Yeah. And just to kind of continue with the running theme a little bit longer, because often runners talk about kind of hitting the wall. And this is something like this is why the distance question is interesting, because I've hit the wall, you know, 1K into a 5K run or 10K into a 15K run. And it's really random sometimes when it happens. And how do you kind of deal with that? Because it is psychologically extremely tough. 
Yeah, I mean, the the wall can be ambiguous because for some people it can mean different things. Um, but I take it in my context, say in a 5K race, it can be about 3K and it can be like two thirds of the way through a race. And for me, it's when you have that down tick of emotion of it's like, oh, okay, um, I don't know that I can do it. You kind of doubt yourself. But for me, the main way of getting through that is the same way I approach reps in training. It's just just one more. Like, let's yeah. do one more and see how we feel about it. Like, if I'm doing 10 reps of, say, 400 meters or something on the track, then if I'm on about to start rep number six, I'll actually think of it as after this rep, I've got three left. Yeah. So one ahead. Yeah, so I do that as well. So you're like counting down and the numbers seem smaller. So you're like, yes, this is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that always really helps. Um, just kind of thinking ahead rather than thinking in the current moment. And if your mind's starting to play tricks on you, just being like, okay, that's cool. But let's think about it when I get past that lamppost or that corner over there. Yeah. Like keep delaying it until you get to the sort of, oh, I've only got 1K left. I can smash it now. Yeah, yeah. Great. So this is a question I ask everyone who comes on the show. And it's essentially, what what's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome? <laughs> Just um, really bluntly. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest challenge I've had to overcome. I think um, a big challenge I faced was in my final year at school um, when I had to kind of turn around my grades. Uh, so I went into my upper sixth year with... ACC from ASs. Yeah. And I started the year and I was like, you know what? I really want to do better than this. I know how bad it felt to open those um, results on results day that year. And I kind of gave myself, I was like, you know what? I can do better. I know I can. And I worked really hard throughout the first semester trying to put time away to improve on my essays, get it all right. Uh, and then it came to like March time. And I was literally going into school at 8 a.m., leaving at 10 p.m. Monday to Saturday and then going in Sunday, like 10 to 4. Uh, but I think because I had that previous experience of running telling me that I could improve, I put the work into it. I really kind of applied that to my academics in that situation. And I basically followed that through until uh, my last exam that was on my birthday uh, June 23rd on like actually referendum day <laughs> and um, basically what happened was I came out with a star AA um, so I really turned around my grades I was quite shocked when I opened, those, opened that results paper and was overwhelmed with like holy shit I can actually do it it's crazy um, I think that challenge of knowing that it's possible to put the time and work into it just means that I can really apply that to anything else right now and it stays with me regardless of what I do yeah uh, it's really really important to always know that I think yeah because I don't I think if you've never experienced putting effort into something and getting output it's kind of hard to imagine it's possible yeah yeah I definitely agree with you I think it's seeing the results definitely reinforces the action totally and would you say then you're quite a competitive person <laughs> yeah I think I am with uh, most things I try to hold myself back with some stuff so say with the the marathon on Sunday I was running with a friend um, yeah. so I'd always be conscious of say oh, between the obstacles you had to do uh, runs so I'd always try and make myself slow down and appreciate that I'm running with someone who's slower than me um, but can get over obstacles faster than me so I was kind of working with his pace rather than mine which is good to do I think and balances out in the end right 
Yeah, it does, it does. <laughs> and I guess also kind of linked to this is it also sounds like you're very disciplined in the way you approach things. You know, you have this kind of strategic forward thinking approach and, you know, looking into the future. I'd just be really interested in exploring that a bit further and how you kind of, you know, if you've got a big goal, how do you break it down or do you just try and attack it as one? Uh, so this is something that I've probably struggled with or had to debate both sides of in this last year. Um, in particular, it's been like you want to set yourself big targets and break them down and work out how to do things. But also an equally important part is just starting. Like uh, you can write the best business plan ever, but if you don't do the first step, you'll never get anywhere. And I really think that that's something that stuck with me this last year is rather than sitting down typing out oh this is what I could do this is what I should do this is all the things that I really want to do it's been like let's do that first bit and then I get on a roll and I think the momentum uh, really starts like sort of turning from there and I find myself in quite a state of flow because I'm doing something I enjoy so I find it really easy to switch from that small first task into bigger tasks afterwards that I probably would have written down before um, but actually started enacting now. So I think in terms of the business-wise, that's how I apply it. But in terms of running, I think it's the same. Um, but you have to have those long-term... Like right now, in September time, I'm already planning for um, my races next March, next June. So I have to think forward with that. But I also have to think uh, more currently when I get uh, the training programs, I have to think the next sort of four to six weeks at a time just to keep it manageable rather than being overwhelmed with everything to begin with. Yeah. So, so yeah, you almost have your kind of near-term plan and then you've got your eye on the future, but you're not letting that kind of be the central thing you're looking at because, it, yeah, it is a bit scary when it's a huge thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, it's all about kind of having this long-term kind of vision and aims, but not necessarily being really concrete in how you get there. Like there's loads of different routes to getting to the same outcome. It's about finding out which one works the best and kind of tinkering on your approach to get there yeah and again it sounds like you're very kind of goals oriented do you have like you know people talk about a five-year plan a 10-year plan is that how you think about life or is it more immediate than that I definitely I definitely agree that I, I used to I totally had a this is where I want to be when I'm x age this is where I want to be when I'm 30 this is where I want to be when I'm 40 but I think right now um I don't really have that written down anywhere. I don't really follow it. It's more because the nature of running your own business or doing something that I'm doing, which is quite different and aside from the norm, is it's harder to plan because it depends a lot on how it goes and how um, if the outcome I want is achieved, then I guess I'll run with it. And if not, then I'll pursue something else. Like I can't really know for sure what my next steps are. So there's not really much point planning out uh, three, five, ten years afterwards. Yeah, and I'm sure kind of listeners will be dying to know this as well. But what what is your business? What are you working on? <laughs> um, so that's a good question. Um, so <laughs> what we do is it's a business called Posty. Um, it's where we design and sell parcel boxes. So it's kind of an idea. I'm an ideas person. I had um, quite a lot of them come to me on my runs. So that's probably another benefit of of running. Yeah, um, but. It basically, what we've been doing in the last year is designing and prototyping and working with manufacturers on how to get the right parcel box for homes and how it fits every consumer's needs um, with the right kind of price point as well. And we've just kind of got to the point where 
we can actually get behind it and get a crowdfunding campaign launched. So that's our main aim for the next uh, three months is to kind of gather support for the crowd um, and get them behind this product and really see if we can take flight and change the way people receive parcels. Because for me, um, as a student, as a person who lives in like a terraced house back at home, it's really, really annoying when you miss a parcel. Um, so I just wanted to solve that uh, in some way. And I feel like if I can help others also receive a solution, then I think that could be a really good way of doing it. Yeah. And and this is going to make me sound really old, but 21 is, is young to start a business. Do you think age is a barrier or do you think it's actually helped you? Uh, I think in some ways it, it can be. Like there's a lot of things which I don't know the answer to. Um, at this age like if you came from experience say at 30 or 40 you'd probably have 10 years of becoming really good at something so say whatever field you specialize in you'd be able to learn that apply it to your business but because I've come from such like only being a student first and then exploring a bit of entrepreneurialism at an actus and then kind of going from there it's all been kind of like surface level dare I say rather than like practical day-to-day things so it's been a lot of learning <laughs> yeah um but i think it's been kind of the best way of learning and that's always the way i'd seen this year was even if i fail i've learned a tremendous amount from it so yeah. i i think going with that mindset has allowed me to kind of explore different alternatives and try kind of new ways of doing things so yeah. i guess i'll give you an example um with reaching out to um the house builders as a way of like getting into onto new uh, builds I was thinking, like, oh, okay, there's a lot of different ways of doing this. We could probably just phone call them. We could email them. We could do LinkedIn messaging. But I was like, you know what? I think what could really stand out is if I send them a handwritten letter. Mm-hmm. So I, I literally went into town, picked up 16 handwritten letters, went on company's house, found the directors on there, and then literally mailed these um, letters directly to them. And I was like, wow, okay, uh, this could actually really work. And then I had to wait about... Uh, a week or so and I was like okay maybe it didn't work uh, but then I heard back from one person who reached out and emailed me and I was like oh my god okay I've actually kind of broken through to someone and yeah. that kind of spurred me on to follow up with the others so this is actually really important like whatever you do make sure you follow up because yeah. you never know the results from it and I had three more replies so I had four out of 16 replies to cold calls uh, which is actually pretty good yeah and I think that that almost goes back to the running thing of like kind of the perseverance and also like you're going to have a bad run, right? It's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to have a bad workout. Whatever you're doing, yeah. there's going to be instances where it won't go well. But if you just keep at it, chipping away and you know, let's say like they'd all come back with you, like don't contact me again. Then you'd be like, oh, I might not do this again, but <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah. it's that kind of like continued, like just chip it away at it. Just keep on at it. Yeah, and like realistically, the worst that can happen is is that is they tell you don't contact us again, and that's not really a problem. Like, cool, I tried. You know, I really put my name out there, and they at least know who I am, or they at least know something about me. Yeah, and I'm also going to interject with with another age thing in that I set up my first business when I was 23, and right. I think it was the best way of doing it, just learning as you go. And you know, I would make a lot of mistakes even if I set up something now. 
Yeah. You you do you never know it all, and I think the people who think they know it all are the people who are more likely to fail in what I've seen because they don't, like you said, they don't explore the alternatives, they don't take a punt on things, they don't come up with new ideas. They're just like, well, this is how I've always done it, and it's always worked. <laughs> yeah, I think that can be really true. I think um, there's almost a market need in some ways for a youthful person to be applied to like a family-owned uh, older business. This is a question I also ask everyone who comes on the show, and it's what does resilience mean to you? I think it means working through both the hard and the easy times when it feels like no one's on your side and you can do nothing to change the outcome, while in reality you really can. It's about changing or well, not changing, but being persistent um, in what you're doing and trying alternatives until you've really, really given it your all. Like there becomes a point where your persistence is futile in that you've made perhaps the wrong choice. But if you try enough at something, there will be an outcome that's worth your investment initially. Like if you keep throwing stones against the wall, it will break down eventually. Like you've just got to find the right stone and hit it hard enough. Like you got to keep going at it until you find your way through it. And I think in terms of the hard times, it's, again, it's it's really easy to do it when it's easy. When, it, when it's up, when you're feeling good, like, oh, yeah, you're on fire. Like, it feels amazing. Um, but when you've just been hit by a person telling you that your idea isn't good enough, it's not going to succeed, um, that's when you truly need to show resilience. Um, I think it's not just for self either. A lot of the times what you have to offer or what you're doing affects other people say um, directly or indirectly it could be their cause of employment or it could be how they're inspired but I think when you're enacting resilience you're not just doing it for yourself you're doing it for others as well that's a really great answer um, and it's really it's a unique answer as well I think the bringing other people into it is kind of an, a, an angle I haven't heard before but it mm. makes total sense yeah, I think that's that's something I've learned a lot in this last year is like the people I've had involved in my business or have given up their time to help me, like free of charge, I've been like, okay, when I've got to tough times, it's I need to, I need to remind myself, look, it's not just me I'm doing it for, I'm also doing it for them. Like we need to at least try and see what we can do before we really give up. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, thank you guys for watching. If you miss parcels or you know someone that does, um, I'd love if you checked out www.postypostey.co.uk or if you sent me a message on LinkedIn, Chai Rogers, and could help you connect with other people. That'd be really great. Uh, but thank you, guys. Thanks so much to Charlie for coming on the show. That was really interesting, kind of getting both sides of it, the physical, the endurance side, and then also how that translates into kind of work ethic and business. So if you enjoyed The Brave, I would love it if you left a rating and or a review. That just lets me know you're enjoying what we're putting out there and also means the podcast can reach more people. You can also find us online at The Brave Listen on Twitter and Instagram and over on LinkedIn if you type in The Brave Podcast and you can find full show notes and more about the podcast on bethandvincent.com. And if you're interested in appearing on an episode, you've got a really good kind of interesting angle on resilience and life in the 21st century, then drop me a message. You can email me at 
hello at bethanvincent.com. It's a bit of a mouthful. And you can also apply on the website as well, bethanvincent.com. But until next time, I'll leave it there and I hope you have a great week.